0: my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our
1: sassy SEO shaman, and we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be
0: the people that will get you beach commute ready, and they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening! Hello, welcome to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast by Beach Commute. I'm here with our guest, Eric. We're doing something a little new today, something really special that I think you're gonna love. We're gonna do a live coaching session. So Eric is a listener of the podcast. And when I, if you are on our email list, if you're not, you should join now. I sent out a special email to our list to say, does anybody wanna do a live coaching session? What I want to do is show you guys someone who has a desire to become a digital nomad and who has real obstacles just like you. So today we're going to share Eric's story. He's super transparent. We're going to work through where he is now, his dream of becoming a nomad, and everything standing in the way. So Eric, welcome to the show today.
1: Thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here. Can't wait to have a chat.
0: Yeah, super pumped. Eric and I have been having some a uh, little technical issues, so hopefully hopefully you hear us good, clearly, and we'll jump right in. So Eric, if you could introduce yourself to start, I guess actually start with Cher, how you found us, how long you've been a listener of the show, where you live, and what you currently do for a living.
1: Sure, yeah, I, currently I'm living in Evans, Georgia. It's just outside of Augusta, Georgia, where the Augusta National Golf Tournament's held, so that's usually where people... You know, remember yeah. where, where And Augusta I'm from is, Georgia but, uh, as well.
0: Did you know this?
1: I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, you were from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So Georgia. I've been here f- Love it. We've been here for about eight years. This is actually where um, I, I was in the Army for 27 years and was stationed here at uh, Fort Gordon down in Augusta. And about six years ago, five and a half years ago, I retired from the Army and turned right back around and went right back into government work, working as a civilian for the Department of Defense. So this is where we love Georgia enough that we decided we were going to kind of settle here for a little while after lots and lots of moving, and that's probably and that's probably what led me to all this. I really love travel. I started listening to a bunch of different podcasts. I came across your podcast. Love listening to the group. We've I've been listening to the podcast ah, at least six or seven months now. I'd say worked through a lot of them just to figure out, you know, exactly how much I wanted to leave just to maybe listening to the podcast to get an idea of how comfortable I can get.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you've almost been living the nomad life a little bit already, but just uh, in a different way through the army instead of purely travel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what's got me in this space. Is I, you know, I I was glad to settle down with the kids because I kind of promised that that's what we would do as they, you know, you know, were getting older, and we would make one stop and not not move around so much. But we moved around a ton, and now I think that lifestyle really kind of was something I enjoyed a lot. And now after sitting here for eight years, I miss it. So I really want to get back out on the road. Yeah. That's
0: so funny, I guess. So yeah, you get used to it. And if you could, before we jump in more about your career and the goal of this coaching session, can you just talk a little bit about, yeah, how many kids do you have? What is your family like? Tell us a little bit about that because I think it's an important part of your situation as well.
1: Yeah. So I've got three kids. Two of them are grown and out of the house and, and moved on. I've actually got one that's going... Uh, had a little bit of a career for a little, while. heading back to grad school this fall, and uh, just got married not too long ago, and we're expecting our first grandkid. So,
0: oh, congrats! Ones. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's, so he's getting he, he's on his path, and then my middle one is actually lives in Atlanta and works at a logistics company there. He's a developer, does software development work, computer science work for them. And my youngest one is in college down in Georgia Southern in Statesboro, so she's uh, she'll be a sophomore this year. So we're kind of sort of empty nesters, I guess you could say. My daughter's back for the summer, but we're, clo- we're close to where all three of them are very independent.
0: Yeah, perfect. And I mentioned this because if you could tell a little bit about, I guess let's talk about the golden handcuffs now, right? So if you could talk about a little bit about the obstacle of your thoughts of becoming a nomad and what is kind of the biggest obstacle holding you back at the moment?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest obstacle for me is just getting out of my own head. Um, not confident that I have enough of a safety net or that there's enough of an opportunity out there to, to work to be a digital nomad and add to the income that I that I would be losing, supplement it with something on the digital nomad side of what I have now. And making good money for sure. And so leaving that comfort, it's a job I feel very comfortable doing every day. There's not a lot of, you know, I never have the stress of walking into work and thinking, yeah, I, I can't do something. It's We're long, long past that. It's more of a I'd like a change, and it's, like I said, I've been here for a while, so I would say tired of it, but it's not as exciting or as much of a draw as it used to be, but it is such a security blanket that it's kind of hard to say, all right, let's drop it, especially when I still have the responsibility of, of my youngest to, to get through school and make sure everything is, is fine. I'm pretty sure it is fine, even if I were to walk away today and not work, because um, I still have retirement income coming in through my Army retirement but it's it's still a security blanket, I guess you would say. So it's hard to walk away from that.
0: Okay, Eric. So if you could explain, we chatted a little bit before, but if you could talk about what's your biggest obstacle? I know there's sort of a couple of things going on here, but if you could share with our listeners, what's really holding you back right now from taking the leap to become a nomad?
1: I, I think the biggest obstacle is just the security. Um The fact that I've got a good paying job, it's stable. It's not that I hate it. It might be getting a little tiresome for me or a little old, but it's a a good solid job or with good people. And then the second half of that is, you know, I still have the responsibilities of getting my last kid through school. I want to do that comfortably. I don't want to have to be thinking about, um, you know, am I, do I need to get another job when I start traveling? And is it going to make enough money for me to to have that same comfort that I do now? So kind of the golden handcuffs, like don't walk away because you're, you're getting pretty comfortable. And the less responsibilities I have for my older two leaving, the more of that money I have to do, do the things I really enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the concept for those of you listening, if you've never heard of the golden handcuffs, basically it's you're not quite living the dream life or, or doing something you gen- genuinely want to do, in Eric's case, traveling the world, experiencing more different countries, living the nomad life. But you stay because it's easy, right? Those golden handcuffs of, you know, nobody is stopping you. You could quit your job and start traveling tomorrow, but it's golden because... It feels good. It feels safe to stay. You have a certain amount of income. You have your comfort and all of that. So before we jump into things a little bit more, if you could also share, if you're willing, a little bit about your finances. So you are in an amazing position from your time in the military and having some money coming in there. But if you could share what you have from that and about your current salary and what you spend getting your child, your last child through these three more years of college still?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I, I retired about five and a half years ago. So for the last five and a half years, I've had about $75,000 of army retirement coming in. And then when I got out, I also had a disability rating. It's pretty common for most of the folks getting out of the army these days. And that's about 25,000. So about a hundred, a little over six figures a year coming in for retirement. My current Position my salaried position right now is about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and the expenses for my youngest going through college and all told, cars and you know food and tuition, things like that. It's probably about forty thousand dollars a year is what I'm spending for her.
0: Perfect. All right. And if you could share, what would you be willing, like at the bare minimum, and again, hopefully we we won't even have to go to the bare minimum, but let's just say, so you've got your six figures coming in from the army from your retirement. What salary would you be comfortable if I said, all right, Eric, I'm going to pay you this much money every year, just straight cash on top of what it's already coming into your retirement so you can cover... Your expenses, your daughter's last year's in college, all of that. Like, What would be the bare minimum additional salary you would be willing to leave for?
1: I actually think if I were making about half, I would feel pretty comfortable. Some of that is me doing that mad math calculus behind, you know, I wouldn't have to be putting – certain things into the current retirement, I wouldn't maybe be putting as much into investments as I have been or maxing out options at work. And there would be some some of those things. So I all told with all of that and probably downsizing houses, that kind of stuff, I think I it would be the same quality of life if I was making about half. and I was on the yeah, road, Yeah,
0: absolutely. Perfect. So around seventy five K per year we'll call it. And do you guys currently have a house or mortgage?
1: We do. We, we do have a house. We do have a mortgage. Getting ready to sell, that was already in the plans. So um, okay. we actually have people coming to look at the house this weekend. So, Ooh, um, exciting. We'll probably, All right. Given the market, we'll probably make a little bit of money to put away.
0: Perfect, yeah. Because I was going to say, you can always rent it out, things like that. But if it's already in the plans to sell – Everyone listening, I'm not making Eric sell his house. <laughs> this was in the plans already. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to know. <laughs> I'd like to be really honest about everyone has a really different situation, right? Some people have kids, some people don't. Some people have this other salary coming in. Some people have a house that they're attached to. Or, you know, if you if you want to come back to it in a year, you know, there's all different situations. So, yeah, everything is a little bit nuanced, which is why I like to understand the full story here. This is amazing. And lastly, before we sort of get into the full coaching and, and the next steps, if you could also share how you sort of feel about your current career. And we talked a little bit already. So a lot of the coaching I do is helping people discover Like, what is it you really genuinely want to do? I think you came in sort of knowing this already, but if you could talk about what you're doing now and what you really would love to be focusing on, that would feel really exciting to you.
1: Sure. Yeah. I've spent most of my career doing analysis type work, but the last couple of years has been predominantly on workforce development, training, leadership development, and one of my kind of additional duties has also been coaching inside the organization I, I work in. So I don't do that as, you know, a, a lot of my time at work, but it's the part of my job I enjoy the most and really enjoy spending time with younger professionals in our organization that are kind of coming up through the ranks, learning what they want to do, figuring out what they want to do throughout their career. I also did a good amount of pro bono coaching as I was working toward a coaching cert- certification for college students that were peers of, of one of my kids. And it was just very, really gratifying doing that work. So don't get to do it maybe 20%, 15% of the time at, at work, but it's by far what I enjoy doing the most. And it's the, the other piece of, of work is a lot of the bureaucratic leadership, senior leadership type work that is kind of become stale over time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. So, with that, again, this situation, when if, if you're listening, so many people who come and you know have the desire to be a nomad, everybody's got a different obstacle standing in your way, right? And so, I love Eric. What you're saying here is one, you want to transition just a little bit in general to doing more of the coaching. You talked about really coaching sort of those young professionals, helping them figure out the options they have. Yeah, there, there's all sorts of opportunity there. And then it's the mental piece, the hurdle of okay, I'm in this current job, I'm making this much money. We've got one daughter left in college who is three years. That is a pretty hefty chunk of money, so about 40K per year that you're still paying for her tuition and yeah, car insurance, room and board, all of that. So those are the sort of two things we're working with. So, to start with, what I want to share is I I feel luckily as a coach, I definitely know the coaching opportunities. And the last thing you you did share beforehand that I want to share with the audience is entrepreneurship is not the exciting path for Eric. So whereas I went out and did coaching on my own, Eric is more excited to just be an employee, go into maybe a larger organization who's looking for a coach and not have to, you know, have the business of finding clients, spend his time actually coaching. So on LinkedIn, uh, I get da- daily, weekly, whatever it is, emails of organizations looking for career coaches, because this is a lot of you and I do some a little bit differently, right? But similar work. And I can guarantee you there are, because I see it every week, there are many organizations that are looking for exactly what you are offering. So does it feel scary? Again, things are easier said than done. If I said, all right, Eric, here's a job, here's some company that feels pretty exciting to you, that you could go in and just be that coach for the young professionals and they're going to pay you 75k per year. You can work remotely. They don't care where you are as long as you make these calls or hours or whatever it is that you need to show up and do. How would you feel about putting in your your two week or one month, you know, however long you want to give? Would you be comfortable putting in your notice already?
1: Or does it freak you out? <laughs> it definitely it's scary, that's for yeah,
0: sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just walking into the unknown. I it, it sounds great. It's good it's it's, it's good to hear that those opportunities are out there, but it it's yeah. definitely frightening. Can you
0: share specifically? So as a coach, there's a phrase that I say, name it to tame it. So oftentimes, things feel so frightening, scary, those are the emotions that you use, and rightfully so, right? All of this is usually, you know, there are some logistical obstacles for sure, but so much of taking this leap is doing the mental work, right? Nobody likes to hear it, but it is it is the, the inner work, uh, working on the mindset and all of that. So if you could, we're going to name it to tame it right now. So... You know, when we went through the beginning, you said, and um, I, I say this jokingly, There's this is so normal. I just want you to know. You're like, if I just had, you know, the job I want with this amount of salary, like that, I'd be ready to go. When the reality comes, it's like, oh, my God, this is terrifying, right? I actually have to do it now. So if you could name it, and it might take you just a second to think about it, we'll work through it. What feels frightening? Like, what really feels frightening? Is it leaving a job where, like you said, you already are comfortable, you know the people, you know the drill? Is it doing something a little bit new in your career? Is it the thought of actually just, like, leaving everything behind? Like, what actually, if you can name it, like, what are the worst case scenarios? What feels frightening?
1: Again, I think it comes back to that golden handcuff, the security piece. At work, if I have a if I have a bad coaching session, nothing's going to happen yeah. to me. And yeah. I'm probably likely the one that's being a little bit hard on myself and you know, usually clients, I've never had clients come back and say that, but it's a I'm not answering to somebody else really. It's just between me and clients at work. So some of this is walking out into an area where I feel like maybe I'd be tested or maybe you know, if, I, if I'm i coaching a corporate client out there and someone goes back to their company and says, hey, this isn't working for me. And then t- 20 minutes later, I'm getting a call saying, yeah, thanks a lot, but no thanks anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the fear really comes down to you haven't quite done coaching as a career, will you be good enough at it? And is someone, you know, basically you're going to not, again, this is the worst case fear. I'm not saying you're going to, but you're not going to perform. Basically you'll be abroad somewhere, lose your job and not have the security. Is that kind of accurately state the the fear that your brain is putting into your head?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm very confident in my knowledge and my skills in the environment I work in now, because I've been there for 30 years. So I I'm pretty certain that what I have to offer is worthwhile. I have not done that outside of the government ever. So I, I my brain goes back to 18 years old. That's what your experience is, which I know is not realistic, but.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, I love that you're sharing this and thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing these fears, right? Because this is so normal. Anytime we switch to a new job, you know, I used to work at Pepsi and marketing and every year, year and a half, we would switch roles completely. And I would be so comfortable In one role, and I knew the team, and I knew the job, and then even within the same company, going to a new thing, you start to get all those fears. Like, can I even do this? I don't know anyone. What if it goes wrong? Like, I don't don't know anything, right? So the fears are totally normal. What I hear on the other end, so Eric, you've got decades of amazing experience. I can tell just from talking to you that you would be such a great coach. Like I knew I know you would do a good job and I know that any organization would be incredibly lucky to have you and your experience and the knowledge that you have to it. But our brains are literally wired to keep us safe, right? It's like even if you would be leaving to go do something that is going to rock your world, you'll, you know, change your life for the better, you're going to see the world and and to have everything you've ever wanted, basically, right? In short, your brain is like, don't do it, Eric, stay safe, stay safe, like stay in the job, you know, it's comfortable, it's easy. So I want to say, as a reminder, it is so completely normal that these are the thoughts you have. And this is why it takes so much of the the inner sort of mindset work to achieve anything, whether it's just switching jobs or switching jobs, To become a digital nomad on top of it. It just adds an extra layer. So the work to do, it's easier said than done. And this is a lot of the work I do with my one-on-one clients is it's one thing for me to say, all right, Eric, just just don't worry about that. (laughs) Just don't, right? And you're like, okay, that's nice. I'd (laughs) like to, but that's still your fear, right? So for for me, the coaching becomes one, like we said, to start name it to tame it. Let's bring the awareness of what, what are the real fears underneath. And now we know it. The second stage of coaching is to say, all right, what's the new story we'd like to believe? So for you, the you know the story that your brain is telling you is, I'm going to switch jobs. I'm going to try this coaching thing. I'm not going to be good. People are going to complain. I'm going to get fired. And I'm not going to have the income I need to pay my child's college tuition and so on, um, right? And so the new story we want to believe is actually... You know, yes, it's scary to switch careers, but you could be great at it. You're going to be great. You have amazing background. Anyone would be lucky to have you. You're going to be able to get a new job in a different industry that's going to let you travel remotely and live nomadically. It's going to be okay. Worst comes to worst. If you lost your job, you could always probably go back to your old one or get a new coaching job, right? That's the new story we want to say. And then the last tricky part that I think a lot of coaches miss is, is saying, okay, it's nice that that's a nice story, Marissa, but how do you truly work on believing that, right? How do you fully in your body believe this new story? So are you following along so far? Absolutely. Okay, Awesome. So in this particular call, again, I, I work with uh, clients one on one. This is this is really the deep work that we do together. So for me, it's super quick to figure out like what are the fears, what's really happening, what's underneath it, what do you want to do. The real work is transitioning to this new belief. So we're not going to fully do that on on this podcast because it, it just it, it doesn't sort of translate to, to podcast material. It takes a little bit of time. But even just for the sake of it, just sort of hearing this out loud, we're we're naming it to tame it. You're understanding the new story. You now know the real fears underneath instead of this blanket sort of like, this is frightening. I don't even know what I'm frightened about. How do you feel now even just hearing hearing all of this new story and what what you really need to overcome in order to make this
1: happen? So I, I think a lot of it is that repetition, telling yourself, right? You're repeating it so you, you start believing that, that that's the case. I know from proven experiences the few times I have gone outside of work that it's not like – Coaching is really unique to a profession, right? It's it's applicable anywhere. There's you know, getting people to believe that they can do the things they want to do and that they have the right to ask those things and expect those things out of themselves. That's no different inside the building I work in or outside the building. And maybe some of that is venturing out and trying to get more folks outside of the building to make that comfort greater. So far, I've done that a little bit with pro bono coaching but I haven't really reached out to other people in industry to do it. And so there's no harm in doing it and there's no cost. So
0: I love that. That's such a good action because then
1: I think it's building a comfort exactly, level. Exactly,
0: yeah. You start to get comfortable to say, I, I can coach this. I do feel comfortable. I do feel comfortable, you know, doing this thing that I've been scared about. And like you said, even just taking those little actions to try to start, that's certainly different than taking the full leap, right? But it starts right. to give your brain almost imagine your brain is like a small child with all the fears and it's, or like a little dog. And you're like, here, here's a little bone dog, like start to (laughs) chew on this and start to get comfortable. Right. And then, and then you build it up. So that's what we're doing. So the actions that I would take here as these next steps for the job, and it's going to be scary, is like you said, start reaching out to start to do some other coaching for you to just like you you don't have to, but start to feel more comfortable, right? This isn't a requirement to get another job, but it's going to make you feel better. The next thing I would do is sign up for some job alerts for this sort of coaching, the the type of coaching that you specifically want to do. Again, I get those all the time on LinkedIn. There's other job boards, We Teach our Course, a bunch of different remote only job boards that you can sign up for to get alerts for, for these types of jobs you can start to see. Fix your, I say fix, update your resume. That really is tailored towards the coaching sort of pieces that you've done and what you're looking for and then start applying for jobs. So, question for you, how long have you thought about, you know, sort of living this life, never having even applied to a job or really actually started looking for these opportunities?
1: Yeah, so I've thought about coaching outside of work for at least at least a couple of years. It's probably been about 2 years. I've thought about looking for work in general outside of my current environment probably four or five years probably even going back to when I retired I thought maybe I should go do something different then so it's it's been a while but I bet I've thrown two applications out over the course of six years and none of them had anything to do with coaching applied to a bunch of different opportunities at work but it's all been internal so it's not yeah I haven't really risked going out there and just seeing if I could get an offer somewhere I've I've, like I said i think i've done it once or twice and i've talked about the idea with you know friends outside that are out in industry but never to the point where i said well hey let me float you my resume
0: <laughs> i love it so would you be willing and i'll hold you accountable to this right this is the the beauty of having a coach so many co- people come to me and we're like i've been thinking about this for years or i've wanted to do this And they come to me when they're ready, you know, starting to get mentally ready to make this change, even though it's scary, right? Like you hear with Eric, I'm not saying it's easy, but would you be willing with me as your coach in the moment to say in the next two weeks, would you be willing to update your resume that looks like a coaching resume and sign up for those job the, the job alerts for coaching industry and or start reaching out to people that you know at other companies or in this sort of industry or maybe a company that, that would offers you know, need a position in coaching and actually start to put yourself out there. Maybe even apply, I would say, let's say in the next month, apply. No, that's too long. We'll give you two weeks. I think you can do it. Apply to two jobs, even if it goes nowhere. So a lot of the coaching I do teaches the ins and outs of how do you find the right job? How do you actually reach out to real people at these companies and get a response and have these phone calls? There's a process for sure. But just to get started because, you know, it's the same sort of thing as, have you ever heard that analogy? If, if you want to go run a marathon of like just putting on your your running shoes each day, walking out the door, you don't even have to run. It's like just right. put your shoes on, put your clothes on, and just know that you could do it, right? That's kind of what we're starting with here. And then you kind of get more involved, involved of actually really – hunting for this job, but would you be willing in the next two weeks to make those, to to do those actions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't really see that as too much of a fear factor for me, because yeah, like you said, there's, there's no expectations. So if it didn't work out, not like I've left already. So sure. No, I I think that's, it's doable because for me, there's a, a, a lot less fear involved amazing
0: and that's what i like to do is coaching it's like how do we split it up into these little baby steps because before it just seems really overwhelming a lot of times our minds go from step a to z i was just talking with a client last night who, who this is always his problem and we laugh about it and he knows it now but in, in his mind it's like okay i'm gonna get this job tomorrow i'm gonna quit it's gonna be terrifying we're gonna sell my house we're gonna be across the world and everything's gonna go to hell and it's like okay wait wait we're, we're not even that far yet right So, like you said, we just break it down into these little chunks with no expectations. It's just, let's just take this action. Let's say magically, two weeks from now, one of these people you reach out to, you got the job offer. You can always say no, right? You can see if you like it, see what the salary is. Like we're not binding you to anything. And if you do get it, you know, best case, maybe you love it and you still want to come and do some coaching and we get, you know, work through the mental piece of like, okay, now let's let's get through the fear of. Packing up your belongings, selling your house, you know, traveling the world when your daughter is still in college, you know, there's going to be new fears that come up once you get past this one of, of actually taking the leap, right? But the point of it is, is let's not jump from A to Z with the fears. Let's just break it down into these little things and take it step by step by step. So that you can say, you know, one piece at a time, we're going to move towards this lifestyle. So saying this, you've got your, we've got your kind of path laid out. You know what you want to do. You know the next steps now. There's going to be more fears that come. But these were sort of the biggest obstacles. So just to read you back, there was of your obstacles when we came into this call was sort of the, the security of your current job. You know the drill. It's good paying. It's stable. You know you're probably not going to get fired tomorrow, even though anything can happen. You've still got your responsibilities of paying that that last kid through college. And will that new job make enough money? So now we're saying, yes, we we can get a new job. that's going to give you the salary you need. It's going to be able to keep paying the salary or so the, the tuition and everything your daughter needs. And really the work to do is to say, like, let's get your brain saying, we can have a different stable job. And also anything could happen at any point. You could lose that job at any point. But you've got your salary from the from the army to fall back on. You can always go back. You can always get a new job. And it's actually gonna be cheaper living abroad, which we can talk about that in a second. But how does it hear when we kind of wrap this all together?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's good to, the repetition is good, right? Hearing it, um, talking it out with someone I think helps kind of visualize and, and make it make me realize some of the fears are a little bit unjustified, right? You mentioned there, there, is, there are things to fall back on. It's not like I'm not going to have a job at all. I, even if I were to be without a job for a little while, there's still a safety net there. Um, I think there's lots of opportunities. You're making me think of, there's, there's probably ways out there for me to take on work, especially if it's a remote work, and keep working for a little while to just prove to myself that it's working. You know, there's nothing saying I couldn't do a couple hours of coaching a night or take on some clients for, for a new business if I were to get hired on. And it's making me think of creative ways to do this. I mean, I could take time off and time away from my current job for weeks or even, you know, a month probably to test the waters and if it really – is what i think it could be it would make it a lot more comfortable than me to just go ahead and you know pull out you know pull the cord and, or cut the cord i guess and and move on and do something new and something more exciting
0: yeah i love that and so much i like when i coach to talk about our our brain and the biology of of why we have these fears right so the as you're saying now once we talk it through and talk it out loud really and truly with the salary that you have now Coming in from your retirement from the army, you could live in I don't know where where your dream to travel to, uh, but some of these places like you could you could easily pay your daughter's you know that forty k the tuition have you know sixty k plus uh, to still like. I mean, a lot of people that I travel with, a lot of nomads, you know, or, or people starting out earlier in the careers, like 60K is, is what they make, right? So then you stretch that, come to Asia or places in South America or Central America. There's places you could live where it's it, it costs so much less than what you're used to in the States that you'd still have a better lifestyle than what you're experiencing now without even working, right? So worst case, you know, it's super helpful just to understand that. And then with that, to understand the the brain part, imagine we are cavemen back in the day, right? Where you want to stay safe where you are with your clan and with your resources and anything you do otherwise, you might die, right? If you leave your clan, if you leave your home, if you leave the safety of whatever, you, you, you would probably get, you know, I don't know, hunted by someone else or an animal would eat you or you'd literally starve. And our brains have not evolved. Like it's, it's. I love that you're laughing. It's so true because our our brains, like our society has evolved so quickly, but our brains are still in that caveman thing where it's like, if you leave, if you do anything different, if you try this, you are going to be in a foreign country, lose your job, not have any money. You're going to starve. Your child won't be able to pay her college tuition. Her life will fail too, right? It's, I know sometimes we don't consciously think that, but subconsciously, that's what happens underneath the surface. And so even if we're not aware, that's what stops us before you even get started, right? So like you said, talk out loud about this, really bringing the realities of what the situation is, which is even if you lost your job or, you know, this new job that you do or, or you have, you would be 100% fine. Is it what you want? No, but you, you wouldn't die, right? And that's what we want your brain to know. You'd find more work. You do it. You could always go home. You could always do different things. So the reality of it, again, now we, you know, the part two of coaching would be maybe I, I this will be fun. is like when you get this job, maybe we should do another life coaching session because the new fears will come up of like, oh my God, I'm leaving my home. There's all these logistics. I'm going to be in a foreign country. What does this mean? So we won't go into that today. This is really just step one. But leaving this, do you feel good about knowing what's been holding you back and the next steps that you really you know, need is is not the right word, but truly have a desire to do. And I guess the question is, is this lifestyle, you know, is traveling the world really what you fully desire and is it worth making these, like taking this leap to live this lifestyle is the question I
1: have. Yeah, I definitely think the sacrifices, even if they did come to fruition are worth it. I, I, you know, I, I think I knew it. I think the whole time I was traveling around while I was in the service, I, I think I knew that that this was something that I that I really enjoyed. I loved it. The, the experiences, the the places that the kids got to see, the places that we got to see, the environments that we got to experience. It was I. I don't know if it's I'm addicted to the change or I'm addicted to the new stuff, but it definitely gave me energy that I can feel that I don't have now. And so I I, I know it's worth it. And I, and I. Th- I think if done methodically or done in a way where it's planned out and I build some assurances in into the process as I go, I think I'll get more and more comfortable as I do that. And I think some even filling the waters with throwing out a resume, even without any expectation that it's going to come back, is one of the many ways that I could go about doing that.
0: I love that. And so my last question to you, Eric, is where is the first place... That you guys would go to if you could go spend a month or two in any country in the world what would be your first stop
1: yeah I, I, it's this is funny because it seems like all the podcasts i listen to all of you all always have really hard times telling people where's the one place yeah. you want to go so yeah there's tons of places that roll around in my head um i think like a lot of nomads that i hear from i I I love being near the water. I love being open air. The ocean speaks to me. But there's a place I've wanted to go my whole life, and it's because my dad was there years ago, and he was in Vietnam and I was in Afghanistan, and we both feel the same way about the places we went to combat in. Oddly enough, my dad was like, this place is amazing, and one day it will be an amazing attraction. I feel the same way about Afghanistan, but I never went to Vietnam. So I actually think I probably would start there because it sounds like it's – A beautiful place, beautiful food, beautiful people. and I'd love to go now that the environment is such that it's welcoming and warm for tourists and for folks from all over the world to visit.
0: That gives me goosebumps. I love love the meaning behind it as well. On top of the fact that Vietnam is one of the greatest digital nomad destinations, there is so much to see. I've spent a little bit of time there and I would love to go back. But it is definitely an amazing place. And when you talk about uh, definitely... Uh, lower expenses there. You could it would certainly be a great place to start for your safety, for your safety mind in terms of finances. But it is—I I I forget who I was talking to recently said the same thing who their dad had fought in in, in Vietnam, and they are like, why would anyone want to go visit here, right? You have this mindset of of it being a war zone and a, a triggering place for someone. But it is a beautiful country with beautiful people. There's so much to see. So what I'll actually have you do as well, I always leave my clients with action, so not to overwhelm you, you've got a bunch already, this one's smaller, is set, I like to set the phone background, uh, like your little screensaver on your phone to a picture of Vietnam. So go to Google Images, find a picture that really speaks to you, or if you wanna set I set my computer background to visions as well. And there's some fact that says we look at our phone, it's probably more now, this was an old fact, like 87 times a day or something like that. I feel like now it's probably like 2,000. But every time you pick up that phone and you see that picture of Vietnam, so our brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and imagery. So it's just going to see this beautiful image that's inspiring and excited to you over and over and over and over again. And it's subconsciously going to remind you of, of what you're working toward and why, and, and why you're doing this, right? Like why you're taking the leap, why you're doing this scary thing, why you're doing everything your brain wants to do to, you know, not want to do, sorry, to, to keep you alive and to know, that it's worth it. So I love that for you. I can't wait to hear when you're in Vietnam. I can't wait for that message. But any <laughs> last thoughts, questions, concerns of, of what we chatted about today before we wrap up,
1: Eric? No, I think it's been a, a really big help to kind of visualize some of the fears that I've had or, you know, some of the golden handcuff things and kind of put it in perspective. So I really appreciate the perspective piece I yeah the visual reminders I definitely do a lot of a lot of visual reminders when I'm doing coaching you know put things up around your office space put things on your desk have something there that reminds you that this can that this path you want to go on is worthwhile it's something that meant enough to you to take the time out to talk about it and 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 work through it mentally so no I I appreciate it but I and, Can't think of any other questions.
0: Amazing, Eric. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. For anyone listening who comes across this, send us an email at hello at beachcommute.com. If you are interested in coming on the podcast to do a coaching session like Eric, maybe we'll do a couple more of these coming up. And as always, check out beachcommute.com slash 91. If you want a list of 91 actual remote jobs that digital nomads in our community are doing just to get a little inspiration. But really what I hope you guys take away from today is 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 really the mindset. There's 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 a bunch of different logistics that we teach inside of our course to actually you know, Eric's in a place now where you're like all right now I'm ready to fix my resume, do the networking, get the job. We we coach and we teach all of that inside of our course. But I want you to also just see, Eric is a real person. We always have real, real fears, right? Like I'm not discounting anything. There are very real fears that come up in our mind, but they're all overcomable if you know your why, if this is really what you want in your life, like Vietnam and Eric and all the destinations. So again, thanks, Eric, for coming on the show. And I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited for the day you're in Vietnam. So we will talk to you soon. All right, that is a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd love to travel the world while working remotely and making an income, check out beachcommute.com slash 91. It's a document where we share 91 actual job titles from real digital nomads in our community so you can get some inspiration and see what remote jobs might be out there for you as well. We can't wait for you to start traveling the world too, and we'll see you in our episode next week. Have a great day.